Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Listeners, this is the Dogs Program. The Australian Council for Defence of Government Schools are here every week to defend and to promote public education. And my goodness, doesn't it need defending and promoting in the present uh, situation in Victoria and Australia? But um, we have some very interesting uh, matters to discuss. Uh, We have matters to discuss about marital arrangements, arranged marriages. Yes, here in Australia, very interesting. So that is press release 797. And we also have uh, material about parents, not of private schools, but of public schools who have to raise a great deal of money to keep their school going. As well as that, we would like to go back to something that we introduced to you at our Radiothon, namely John Stuart Mill on secular education. But let's start off with press release 797. Oh, and I have to apologise, there isn't a state school that's a great school this week, but hopefully in a couple of weeks Robert will be back with us full of vim and vigour on that question. But this is press release 797. Australia, private schools and the caste system. Private religious schools separate children in what is becoming a religious and class system from prep to university. But they are also producing a caste system from birth to the grave. Australia can forget about denigrating the English class system and the caste system in India. We're very happy to have a look at the untouchables in India and um, say how superior we are, aren't we? But I think it's time we stopped doing that because we are well on the way to dividing our children and taking them and us back to the Middle Ages via the new technology. Now, the evidence for this. This is a pretty big uh, claim I'm making, isn't it? But I've got some evidence. And it was in The Australian of the 15th to the 16th of June 2019, last weekend, when we were here raising all that lovely money for 3CR. And we're very, very grateful for for it. So what is the evidence Sasha O'Sullivan tells us about a toffee dating app. 
It's tender for the toffee-nosed. Polo players in chinos, skiers clad in monocleur jackets. I'm sorry, I'm not up to date with this kind of fashion. Men holding magnum bottles of Verve Clicquot. Welcome to the brave new world of dating app exclusively for the privately educated. Toffee, an upscale version of Tinder, was launched in Australia in the last week, attracting 10,000 downloads so far. It offers an online dating platform limited to people who went to private schools. Now, the Toffee founder is a lady called Lydia Davis, and she rejects accusations of elitism. And uh, she justifies this, uh, that she's not being elitist in this way. There is so much research saying that having similarities help to create a long-lasting relationship, whether those similarities are background, appearance, morals or schooling, she said. So here we are. It's almost back to uh, parents going to a marriage uh, marriage consultant, isn't it? Or someone to arrange them. It's a niche that we chose and we don't want people to be really offended by it because we're not saying that people who were privately educated only want to date other people who were privately educated. It's only if they do want to consider that when dating, then they have the option. However, to be accepted onto this platform, she says she's not elitist, but before you can be accepted, users have to declare which private school they attended. So one can only assume there's a hierarchy there before being verified by a team of people working behind the scenes, stalking their other social media accounts to check that they are who they are who they say they are, and they went to the school where they say they went. So no boundaries here, no boundaries allowed, no thudderupperers. Next up is the profile. The usual about me, uh, you have a menu complete with categories which are labelled starter, dessert and cheese, and social calendar. The social calendar is inspired by events listed by luxury day planner brand Smithson, which charges about £155 or $285 for a mid-size diary. And among their listings are the Moet and Shandon Spring Champion Stakes, the Melbourne Cup, Audi Hamilton Island Race Week, the Australian Open, Port Sea Polo, Polo in Windsor, Land Rover Polo in the City, Polo in the Vines and Ladies' Day at Sydney's Eastern Suburbs Rugby Club. Uh, Now, the default menu seems intentionally obscure. Starter, Prawn Cocktail, Main, Chateaubriand, Rare, Pudding, Tiramisu and Cheese, Mont d'Or. For those stuck for inspiration on the About Me section, the app offers options. Among them is, next on my bucket list, Two Truths and a Lie, My Ideal Dinner Party Guests, and a Drink 
that best describes me. A quick survey of the app throws up a few distinct types. There's the classic private school boy. Think Ralph, Ralph Lauren Jumper. I'm sorry, I don't know what that really means. A shot of him on a yacht. The Sydney Harbour Bridge framing shot. And his profile says that he is an investment banker. Oh, this is a real person. Another person on this app boasts about his bachelor pad in Sydney's eastern suburbs, also an investment banker. He plays golf and there's tennis and lifts weights. You know, as I read this, this is very interesting because I remember when I was at Sydney University years ago, the boys in the colleges had listed two types of girlfriends. There were the ones who came from the country with pastoralist fathers and they were for the marriage list and then there were the nurses at the local hospital and they were for something else. Um, I don't think things have changed all that much perhaps but I think they're getting worse and more obvious. Now there's another guy here whose photos are of him meditating rather than drinking champagne and holidaying in a camper van by the beach rather than at luxury ski resorts. Uh, But the striking similarity between most of the people on the app is their photos. They're a world apart from the blurry gym selfies on Tinder. Most of them are high resolution and they're taken by a professional. Now, the public school mind boggles. But welcome to the new Australian world which is being created by the private school sector. Dogs have always opposed taxpayer funding of these institutions since the old adage, divide and rule, begins at school. And private schools create pillars in a class-ridden society. And this is one of the main reasons for opposing taxation, subsidisation of these institutions. They are anti-democratic. They take us back way past even the 19th and 18th century into a past time of aristocrats and peasants. So we'll have a bit of a break and then... uh, Dale's got some very interesting responses, comments on this uh, very interesting article in The Australian. Outer Urban Projects and Hume City Council present Hume Studios, a unique performance event taking place in Melbourne's Broadmeadows. Dancers, musicians and vocalists from Islander, hip-hop and classical genres alongside Middle Eastern drummers combine to give you the best of Hume's mighty arsenal of emerging talent. Featuring Milad Noruzi, Ruthie Kaisila, Natasha Hanna, Joseph Samarani, poetry by Didam Kaya, choreography by Dion Nuku and Nicola McCarthy, directed by Irini Vela. Hume Studios, three shows only, Saturday the 29th of June at 4pm and 6.30pm and Sunday the 30th of June at 3pm. Free entry, but bookings are essential. For more information and tickets, head to outerurbanprojects.org. Outer Urban Projects, a 3CR supporter. Right. 
Hey, you, you who are listening, we haven't reached our target yet, but you can help us out. Log into our website, 3cr.org.au, or call us on 94198377 and give us some support. Help us keep running this radio for another year. We need you. Did you know that each donation over $2 you make to 3CR's Radiothon is tax deductible? That means that when you're doing your tax return business, you can claim your 3CR donation as a legitimate tax deduction. To make a pledge to this year's Radiothon, call the station on 94198377 or donate online at 3cr.org.au forward slash donate. Power Radical Radio.
well, that was the Valkyries by Wagner because we thought we'd we'd play something by Wagner, who really is quite a pretentious composer. Uh, We thought that might go well with the uh, pretensions (laughs) of the Tinder app, which calls itself Toffee, uh, which is trying to cash in on the fact that private school products are really very insecure when it comes to mating procedures. <laughs> I'm quite sure that public school children are, um, are don't have that problem because they've been well socialised uh, in their schools. That's one good thing we can always say about public schools. Mm. If you go to a public school, you're going to meet children from all walks of life and you're going to be well socialised, so you don't need a Tinder app for mating procedures <laughs> later. Sad, isn't it? Really sad. Well, that's what some of the comments indicated too, so I'll hand it over to uh, Dale, who's going to read some of the comments. Thanks, Jean. Yeah, there's quite a few artic- uh, comments in response to that article. Um, Anita says, uh, I went to a state school where boys and girls coexist in a normal world environment, giving me the social skills to go and meet my husband without the need for a dating app. If these people attended a social event, be it polo or, God forbid, a pub, and got off their phones for a day, they might actually meet someone like-minded. And then Andrew says... Uh, Toffee is getting a lot of flack for making explicit what is implicit in Australia, viz. its class system. It may be more fluid than it was, say, in Melbourne in the 1960s, but it's still there. As a rule, we might say that Australians on the whole are 100% egalitarian, except when it comes to educate, education and real estate. Then Scott says... Something that's rarely mentioned, but which is deserving of mention in my view, is the extent to which former private school attendees dominate our public and cultural life. Even with the rise in private school numbers in recent years, well, there's been a bit of a fall, but anyway, a minority of school pupils attend private schools in this country. And yet every occupation in the public eye is dominated by former private school students. The arts, TV, radio, journalism, all dominated by privately educated people, uh, turn on any TV panel show and it's almost certain, it's almost a certainty that everyone on the panel, or at least a heavy majority, will have been privately educated. Most prominent actors, comedians, TV hosts, artists, what have you, privately educated, even those who we praise for being the embodiment of down-to-earth, no-fills, Aussie egalitarianism, the Michael Catons, the Warnies and the Hughesies and the like, are mostly privately educated, not offering any sort of value judgment, merely an observation. It's called networking. (laughs) It costs a lot of money to get into it, and one wonders if they have to go to Tinder and Toffee app whether um, it's really a very healthy environment to be in at all. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sean uh, responds by saying, imagine being asked on a first date, so what school did you go to? Could there be a more juvenile, lightweight question? It would be like returning to the first few days of (laughs) O-Week. And uh, Thomas says, a Sydney first date question was, how much money have you got? (laughs) Uh, I am reminded of Monty Python's upper-class twit of the year skit. Uh, Peter says, great work 
from all the privately educated clubby python boys men who banded together in their sh- shared enclave to make a great comedy. Uh, James says, uh, good on them. Most people on dating sites usually ask to meet educated or professional partners. And the sad truth those, is those words are most commonly used by people who don't even know what they mean. Having an academic degree and citing it in your job application doesn't necessarily make you either of those. So call me a snob then. Actually, I went to public school and would not be eligible for toffee. I was educated by my parents, which of course is not verifiable. But I totally understand how they are members of a culture that is dying out now that even private schools stand to lose funding if they score badly in the Orwellian NAPLAN tests and sometimes feel lonely for someone who doesn't call them names just because they think in ways that have gone out of fashion. Good for them. I hope they start lots of families where they read different books and read real poetry aloud at the dinner table and remember that this once was a country that valued diversity of thought, not just of sex and skin colour. And Sean responds saying, do you seriously believe that people who once attended private schools for six years of their lives are more likely to read different books or real poetry? Yikes. And having an academic degree is a much better marker of future success than being an old boy or girl at a private school. And, uh, yeah, Jeff responds by saying, and having an academic degree is a much better marker of future success than being an old boy or girl at a private secondary school. Possibly, but these days... Having a trade will probably bring greater financial security. Well, there you are. We live in a very interesting world uh, and certainly Australia can go which way, what way and it's going to be very interesting to see because we live in interesting times which after all is the Chinese curse. (laughs) So we'll have another little break and then we'll come back because we've still got some other very interesting material for this afternoon. Want to defend government schools? We are the DOGS, D-O-G-S, Defenders of Government Schools. Every week on the DOGS program we have a special segment to show a different state school is a great school. If you're a parent or if you're a kid or if you're involved in the school in any way whatsoever and you love your state school, give 3CR a call. We want to hear about these schools that we're defending. Brunswick Secondary State schools are great. Harkaway Primary School. Sunshine North Primary School. They're really concerned about the welfare of the kids and their growth as people as well as learning. You've put on plays, you've got enrichment, you've got physical education, visual arts, languages, all that. In fact, is there a cooking? Actually, an embracing of kids from disadvantaged backgrounds and with additional needs. More than half of your kids are from some of the poorest families in Australia. Yeah, definitely. That's the community and that's who we're servicing and that's that's who we welcome into the school. Outdoor play is linked to healthier and happier children. This, in turn, leads to better grades. In the weekly assemblies and stuff, they have a little thing, uh, you've been caught being good, and they have a a value of the week each week, and so it's not just words that he's actually... So so what do the teachers do when it's a building site? Yeah, they kick themselves out of their own staff room and turn it into a classroom. Just a really nice culture and an emphasis on social skill building as well as learning. Quite a range of intellectual ability and kids with mental health diagnoses, refugee kids, kids who have not been in the country very long, don't necessarily start off with a positive great relationships with each other, with teachers, and with the community. And they run a, a breakfast club. There's a recognition that some kids don't get breakfast, and so there's, there's food on. If you are involved in a state school and it's a great school, we'd love to hear from you so we can talk about it and tell the world. 
Leave a message for the dogs at 3CR on 94198377. State schools are great schools. Great state schools. Yes, well, state schools are great schools and we have to apologise because Rob's not with us for a week or two. Um, We're not sure when he'll be back. So we would really appreciate it if you could help us and tell us a great state school that we should research and bring to you. Because unlike Rob, we're not out and about so much in the schools. However... There's a lot of parents who've been out and about and they've been raising a lot of money and baking cakes and one thing and another. So a large number of state school parents, and they are actually the majority in this country, are not impressed when they have to raise money for basics in their local state school and they look around and find private schools in a race for extraordinary new buildings Uh, but uh, here we have to thank Andrew James thank you Andrew James for sending this material to us from The Guardian and it's over to Dale who will tell you about this article thanks Jean yes the article here is by Selena Ribeiro and it's entitled it's titled a private school gets a castle library while we fundraise for public school music lessons. The choice between sending children to a private or public school should be about the bells and whistles, not the basics. We rise at 5am to bake cupcakes so we can raise money. On the first Tuesday of the month, after the kids are asleep, my partner does the baking. This month it was chocolate zucchini cupcakes. He hates cake. He's up at 10pm slathering cupcakes with chocolate buttercream and hundreds and thousands so no one will notice the zucchini. So there may be music lessons at our daughter's public school. At at afternoon recess the next day, parent volunteers at our suburban Sydney school lay out their cakes baked by parents the night before and children solemnly line up their gold or silver coins growing warm and ever so slightly sweaty in their eager little hands. They drop their coin into a biscuit, into a biscuit tin and then stalk the cake stand, agonising over their irreversible decision. When recess is over, the parents pack up the stand and reassemble it in another location, keen to eke every possible dollar out of the post-school rush. The money is collected in a tin, reported to that night's PNC meeting at which we consumed the rejected cupcakes and dutifully banked. It's through these cake stalls and a pair of fates requiring hundreds of volunteer hours from families that we raise enough money for a music tutor to visit our tiny school one day a week. It is raised dollar by dollar, cupcake by cupcake. We count ourselves fortunate that we have parents who understand the value of music education for young students and have the capacity to fundraise for it. Recently, we hit our target. The principal announced to the children lined up one morning that they would be able to have their music tutor come back and teach them again next year. The kids cheered. A couple of days after our last cake stall, it was reported that Knox Grammar had just opened a 
a $47 million new facility, including a performing arts centre housing a 750-seat auditorium, purpose-built dance studio and soundproof rooms for one-on-one musical tuition. No doubt funded in large part by parent and community fundraising, just like my own little school. Although, when that school talks about hundreds and thousands, it means dollars, not sprinkles. And one can't begrudge the children at Knox their professional quality soundproof recording studio, nor the Presbyterian Ladies College its orchestra lift, nor Scott's $29 million castle-esque library. It must be a fine experience indeed to learn and grow in these schools. Should parents have the capacity and desire to pay and fundraise for those facilities, they have the right to do so. Those same parents also have the right to expect, should they decide not to, that their local public school will be adequately funded to provide their children with a quality education in a safe and comfortable environment that their public school will be able to pay for quality teachers, that their local public school won't house their children in hot, demountable buildings. The choice between sending children to a public or private school should be about the bells and whistles, not about the basics. The ABC revealed last year that one in three private schools now received more funding from the government than comparable public schools albeit many of these private schools are low-fee-charging Catholic schools, a rise from one in, twen- one in 20 ten years earlier. In real terms, according to the Grattan Institute, government funding of all schools has increased by about $8 billion over the last decade, but 80% of that growth went to the independent school sector. There is a role for government funding of that private school system, which educates a substantial chunk of Australian children, but public assets, public schools, open to every single child in this country, needs to be a priority in public spending, especially when those public schools do most of the difficult work in supporting our most disadvantaged young people. Otherwise, we risk talking not about two different sectors of education, but different strata. Inequity in education leads to longer-term inequality. An OECD report released last October surmised that the academic performance gap between advantaged and disadvantaged children develops from as early as 10 years old and widens throughout students' lives. When those disadvantaged students, however, are placed in a non-disadvantaged school, their performance improves markedly. Inequity in education matters, and it matters for a long time. Private schools are aspirational and teach well, but public schools, too, must be the home of aspiration, not where you end up if you can't afford to go anywhere else. Education is an act of social aspiration in which we decide as a society that all our children deserve the best possible opportunity to learn, develop and be exposed to one another. If we don't address inequity when we can, then we will all suffer the consequences of inequality when it's too late. Now, this particular article uh, evinced a large number of comments Hundreds of them, in fact, 
And the Guardian, because it was it was in the Guardian, and it was a nice meaty article, wasn't it? Things that we've been saying for quite a while. Uh, the uh, the actual Guardian themselves picked out a couple of the comments. They called them the Guardian's pick. This is one of them. Ali Powell wrote this. Recently on the ABC's The Drum, David Maas spoke of returning to his private alma mater. That, by the way, is the King's School in Parramatta, an establishment Anglican school, one of the first in Australia, going right back when we had an established church. So he saw in King's School Parramatta facilities, quick quote, dripping down the walls. Ali Powell thought that he was making a point about the inequity in school funding, and no doubt he was. But she says, I don't have David's high profile, but he did inspire me to go on ABC radio to talk about the inequity in schools in my grandee's low socioeconomic school district. I and a lot of teaching friends thought that the offering of LOAT, that's uh, language uh, other than English, in schools was compulsory, but that's not the case. However, through my complaining, uh, Ali Powell found that in our state, a school is obligated to enrol those wishing to do LOAT or a, secular, a school, uh, sorry, a language other than English, uh, in a school of distance education. It shouldn't take a squeaky wheel to find out the facts. It was interesting to read Facebook comments which virtually said that these children just needed subjects that would get them a job. The distance between the haves and the have-nots simply gets wider by the day. Alipal has an apocalyptic vision of the social unrest that will beset our descendants in the not-too-distant future. Combine that with the looming environmental disasters and the future's not looking very pretty. What if one of those young folk who just needed to be educated to be labour fodder were to be the one given an equitable education to save our world? Mm-hmm. Now, Dog Besotted, uh, in response to Ali Powell, had this to say. It's appalling at how we have come to view people as mere cogs in the wheels of the economy. Nothing more, nothing less, unless you happen to be born on the advantaged side of the tracks and then the world is your oyster. I am ashamed of my fellow Australians who have so fervently espoused these divisions. The deserving based on wealth, religion, ethnicity and perceived appropriateness. We are all human beings, people with similar needs and aspirations. It is a simple thing which seems to now be beyond comprehension. And W.B. Baboon had this to say. The bean counters in government understand that spending too much on public education is not economically rational. 
That is, the rate of return for dollars spent schooling the lower ranking cohorts is not high enough to justify any over-allocation of scarce public resources. On the other hand, the rate of return on funds invested in students at some of our top private schools is quite exceptional. Imagine the economic output of a leading barrister or a senior banker taken over his lifetime. So he claims that the money we contribute to the best schools is returned to us all in form of highly performing professionals without whom our society would be poorer or something. I think that's uh, been written with a tongue in the cheek. Not sure. And then there are a lot of... Lots and lots and lots of comments where people are disagreeing with each other about the taxation system and whether or not uh, people should have their taxes returned to them for their private school children. Uh, It goes on and on and on. Uh, Baboon, we're told by the analyzer, there's plenty of evidence to disprove your eugenics as utter bullshit. Get with the times, baboon, eugenics was disproved in the early 19th century. Obviously, you went to the wrong private school, a real Rhodes Scholar. <laughs> and then, no soup for Nana says, if you're not taking the piss, then you're a, and I won't read that one out. <laughs> and somebody else says, one does not preclude the other. There's uh, one response um, from Steve, Steve-O, who says, uh, as a family, we've experienced country state schools through to Catholic schools and top grammar schools. Re-grammar schools, most parents are happy with absolutely great teachers and expertise across a wide range of opportunities. My parent cohort was heartily sick of empire building by our school in boutique libraries, ever more expensive rowing boats and the like, driven by egotistical principals and school boards determined to beat the other schools in in the boasting stakes regarding the latest Renzo Piano Cricket Pavilion. Parents were indicted, were inducted into the fund fundraising cult of the cocktail party and the ball and whatever it takes to hit the target i suggested to my son's chosen school poor sports results would be better served by focusing on better coaching and mentoring only to be trampled in the stampede of anxiety lest we miss the target for the latest infrastructure project funding target so i would call these schools on it Yes, it is about time that people really did get very upset now. And they are, they are, and quite justifiably so. The um, funding situation in Australia for education has become a national scandal and also an international scandal. But most people seem to only go back uh, a few years. Here is one one person who points out that Howard very deliberately worked to favour the private school system. He made sure that private schools got more money and favours and he made sure that the Catholic schools could strip public funding from needy Catholic schools to privilege the already wealthy schools. And of course, he made sure that private school fees were GST free. 
well, they're free of any taxation. They only take from the public treasury. They don't put into the public treasury. Uh, in this sense, they are what you call parasitical institutions and their value to the overall community is actually highly questionable. On the eugenics question, of course, I think it's been proved scientifically that children generally tend towards the norm. Children with highly intelligent parents, if they became more and more intelligent, would become mad. Uh, So uh, nature has a way of adjusting the balance and For this reason, usually the most intelligent children are in the lesser orders of the society. But um, that's enough of opinion for the moment. Let's have a bit of a break and then we'll come back with some pretty meaty stuff. John Stuart Mill on secular education. Wondering how you pay your donation to the 3CR Radiothon? Well, you can do so online at www.3cr.org.au or call us with your credit card details on 0394198377. You can also come into the station at 21 Smith Street Fitzroy during office hours and pay by cash, cheque or FPOS. Or simply post your cheque or money order to P.O. Box 1277 Collingwood 3066 and be sure to tell us which program you'd like your donation to go to.
Well, here we have press release 796, which you can find on our website at www.adogs.info. Yes, we're going back. We had 797 before, but we're going back because we introduced you to John Stuart Mill last week uh, at the Radiothon. And once again, thank you so much. We made our target in the end and we're feeling very secure here on 3CR. So here is this press release. A blast from the past, John Stuart Mill on secular education. As public school parents are bombarded on all sides with funding and religious freedom issues in Australia, it's useful to pause and go back. The battle for public education and religious freedom is long, but hope is longer. The battle is a very old one. It was articulated in 19th century England when the education of the poor in the country was wrested from the churches, the established and non-conformist alike, and provided by the state. It started in Manchester uh, with an association for public education. And the question then as now was what to do with religious education in state schools. Then as now, the churches fought back. One of their ideas was to teach children in state schools a subject called unsectarian common Christianity. John Stuart Mill has the following to say in answer to Mr Cobden and the Association for Secular Education, which nevertheless promoted the idea of special religious education in a secular education system. The problems are still with us, but unfortunately, uh, for those of us who are Christians, Religion, and Christianity in particular, has often been used, or should I say misused, in the interests of gaining power, money and status for those who value those commodities. So I'm going to ask Dale to read for us from John Stuart Mill. Thanks, Jean. Yes, the article by uh, John Stuart Mill begins as an answer to the Manchester to Mr Cogden and the Manchester Association. So he says, Sir, the commencement at Manchester of a movement for a national education not under the control or management of either established or non-established clergy has already, it would seem, made no inconsiderable impression on the public, or else the Times has made a very false move and miscalculated the signs of the coming public opinion. For already, at the very beginning of the agitation, that journal has discovered what it did not find out in the case of the Corn Law League until the fourth or fifth year of its existence, that the thing is not merely a good thing, but what is so much better, in the estimation of the Times, a thing destined to succeed. And he goes on to argue against having religious education in schools, uh, respecting the import of the word secular. There is no uncertainty about it. There is not a better defined word in the English language. Secular is whatever has reference to this life. Secular instruction is instruction respecting the concerns of this life. Secular subjects, therefore, are all the subjects except religion. All the arts and scientists and sciences are secular knowledge. To say that secular means irreligious implies that all the arts and sciences are irreligious and is very likely 
saying that all professions except that of the law are illegal. There is a difference between irreligious and not religious. However, it may suit the purposes of many persons to confound it. Now, on the principles of religious freedom, which we were led to believe that it was the purpose of this association to accept, instruction on, on subjects not religious is as much the right of those who will not accept religious instruction as those who will. To know the law of the physical world, the properties of their own bodies and minds, the past history of their species, is as much a benefit to the Jew, the Muslim, the deist, the atheist, as to the orthodox churchman, and it is as iniquitous to withhold it from them. Education provided by the public must be education for all. And to be education for all, it must be purely secular education. I cannot help remarking how much less confidence professed Christians appear to have in the truth and power of their principles than infidels generally have in theirs. Disbelievers in Christianity almost always hail the advance of public intelligence as favourable to them. And the more informed and exercised a mind is, the more likely they account it to adopt their opinions. But I cannot find a trace of similar confidence in most of the professedly religious. If they hold their beliefs with the same full assurance as the others their disbelief, surely infidels and the children of infidels are those to whom, even more than than to any others, they would be eager to give all instruction which could render their minds more capable of pursuing and recognising truth. A person is without religious belief, or in any other words, is in their estimation in a state of the most pitiable, the most calamitous ignorance by which anyone can possibly be afflicted. And for this reason, they refuse him instruction, they refuse him knowledge, and the cultivation and discipline of the intellect, as if they thought that mental cultivation could not possibly be favourable to Christianity, unless the mind is first strongly prepossessed on its behalf. Such sentiments as these are not complementary to Christianity, nor to the sincerity of their belief in it. Its greatest enemy could say nothing worse of it than that either ignorance or early prejudice is the soil it must have to flourish in, and that to instruct unbelievers, to make them rational thinking beings, is but to confirm them in their unbelief. I hope that the founders of the Lancaster Associations had been persons who thought that mental cultivation opens the mind to all truth, whether expressly through thought, whether expressly taught or not. Let us hope that this cultivation is still theirs and will guide and animate their labours. But they have missed, through greed, a splendid opportunity for inscribing it on their banner and proclaiming it in the face of the world. Yes, um, it's very interesting. He, he writes as a 19th century thinker, of course, but um, what he's really saying is that uh, Christianity shouldn't be frightened of secular knowledge. Uh, why should it be? 
And, of course, back in the 19th century, the reason why, in the end, the nonconformists came on side with the public education system was because the Roman Catholic Church said that it was better to leave the poor in ignorance uh, than to deprive them of their faith. And this outraged people. Now, anyone who thinks the Catholic Church has changed should think again because we are now confronted when they cried poor in the 1960s, we are now confronted with the very simple fact that huge amounts of public money are being diverted away from the disadvantaged Catholic schools into the wealthy Catholic schools. And that happened from the word go in the 1969-1973 period. The dogs have been pointing this out all the time. The only way that we can give all of our children a good, solid, secular education, leaving the religious education to the parents, is through a state public education system, publicly funded. And the only way we can also do that is to actually cease from building up a private system which belongs to a previous age of aristocrats. We can do away with it. We now pay for it. Time has come to take them over and open them to all the children of this country. But that's all from us uh, at uh, The Dogs this week. Please let us know of a great state school because our schools are still great. People fought for them in the 19th century and we've still got them and they are worth fighting for. Two-thirds of our children in Australia still go to these schools. So they are something worth fighting for, and dogs are here to do it. And if you want to find out more about us, you'll find us at www.adogs.info. Bye for now. From 
San Diego up to Maine in every mine and mill where workers strike and organize it's there you find your hill it's there you find your hill I dreamed I saw your Says I, but Joe, you're ten years dead. 